I'm sorry, I should have been more organized. No, I'm not going to apologize. I'm very organized. Um, this is about as organized as I can be. Yeah, you can be like, you're not very organized, are you, Lalita? And I just start to cry. It wouldn't be very good. <laughs> Let's start this podcast with a good cry. Oh my God, it wouldn't be hard. It would not be hard. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to our podcast, Mum Jokes. I'm Lalita. I'm a queer mom of a 13-year-old, a single mom by choice, and a comic. And I'm Smita. I'm a mom of two. And I met Lalita during stand-up. We decided to start this podcast because we were wondering, how are other parents managing during the pandemic? Are they finding it as difficult as we do? So we decided to ask some people that we really like talking to, other comics. And if you're looking for actual parenting advice and tips, this is not the podcast for you. <laughs> Today, we talked to Daveen Kerr. She's a mom of two and a stand-up comic. Let's start with a clip from one of her shows. Yeah, I try to be a good Cambodian. Yeah, that's the kind of Asian I am, I'm sure. We were, we were all wondering, is she Hawaiian? It's like <laughs> twice the smug that people don't know where I come from. and they, Even Cambodians don't know where I come from. But anyways, um, <laughs> and they always say, what kind of Asian are you? And I'm like, the competitive kind? Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you spark, I'll take a dump right here. <laughs> Devin, thank you so much for joining us today. It's just so wonderful hearing from you. And it's just nice connecting with other mom comics, isn't it? it it's, it's great. It's a, we're all the same kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. And we're like a secret tribe, you know, we're like, you yeah. don't know the shit I deal with at home. Like this comedy club is nothing. It's yeah. so true. And then, yeah, because comics don't know what it means to be a mom, but moms don't know what it means to be a comic or they have these weird ideas about it. So we're a very specific subgroup. I feel like it gives me strength for open mic because I'm like, you don't have to worry about this. Nobody listens to me at home either. So I'm not, this is, <laughs> this is not stressing me out. I was talking to my sister today about maybe getting a cat and she's like, I don't know, cats are kind of annoying. They just ignore you all day until they're hungry. And I'm like, I have a teenager. I can handle one more, you know, being that treats me like, the food provider and ignores me the rest of the time. It's. <laughs> I, I love cats, but they freak me out because they climb on everything. So there's cat butt on every counter. Mm. Yeah, that's. Yes, cat butt. <laughs> it's real. It's a real, yeah, it's a real stressor. It's true. It's true. Cats are shady. So Devin, I'm an immigrant. Lalita's an immigrant. And looks right. like you're an immigrant too. Yes, double immigrant. From Cambodia to Canada, then from Canada to here. Which, which move was harder? Oh, the, the baby one, I didn't remember a thing. So from Canada to the U.S. I miss free health care. <laughs> oh, yes. So I moved from Amsterdam to London, and then from London to Madison, Wisconsin, and then from Madison, Wisconsin to the Bay Area. And I think the London to the United States culture shock was very strange. I, you know, I read about that where they're like, the move to the US is kind of difficult because, you know, you watch TV and stuff and you're like, oh, I got this. I know America. And then you turn up and like on the surface, yeah, you know, the language and things, but then it's actually kind of difficult. You, you go through that wave of, I got it. And then it kind of hits bottom and you're like, oh wait, I don't got this. Right. People won't talk to you unless you have a dog or kids. Oh, is that, is, yeah, that's, I already had my kid when I moved here and he was little. So there was lots of reasons to talk to other parents in the playground and stuff. I feel like if they don't know you, they won't talk to you. Mm. Like they won't reach out to a complete stranger. They have to somehow 
you know, have met you through a friend or something like that, or something like, like a lactating group or something like that. <laughs> a, a good reason to join lactating group. Yes, yes. You know, I have a love-hate relationship with lactation consultants. I feel like they push the lactation agenda hard. And you know what? I think breastfeeding is good and preferred. But when you're a new mom and you're like, the baby's screaming, you just want it fed, like... I would have been okay if someone had, had turned around and been like, you're going to be fine if you have a little formula. A hundred percent that. I was in London in this because of this natural childbirth thing that I was into. We talked about that in an earlier podcast. We won't have to relive the trauma. Uh, I'll, I was I'll give you the cliff notes, Devine. Uh, she did it with no drugs. I still don't get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. At home. I did it with no drugs too. I pulled there my own go. baby out. <gasps> really? Yeah, I cut the baby from under his, his armpits and pulled him out like an Amazonian warrior. Like, Wow. And were you in the hospital when this happened? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's so cool. You delivered your own baby. See, now I need to have another baby. (laughs) I had a midwife that was at the hospital there with me. And last minute she said, hey, baby's clear. The cord's not around his neck. You want to pull him out? I'm like, what? And next thing you know, I had to like pull him out. Oh, amazing. Wow. (laughs) Oh, both of you. Uh, And this lady used to come around, bless her. I hope she's not listening to the podcast. Twice (laughs) a week she'd come and the minute she'd leave, I'd get the formula out. And not just a regular formula. They're like bodybuilder hulk <laughs> formula <Right. laughs> so we're done having kids you know my, my my husband slipped he's all juice no pulp now <laughs> i always see guys cringe when we talk about the vasectomy it's like don't worry a seedless grape is still a grape <laughs> and you know like Anyways, but I'm trying to lose weight. We're not having kids because they're not trying to get the bikini body, which, by the way, a bikini is lingerie you can pee through. I mean, well, we're very far away from those days, aren't we now? Um, let's see. What are our kids' age tallies again? I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Lalita? <laughs> I have a 13-year-old. What about you, Devine? I have an almost nine-year-old and an 11-year-old. Oh, Devine, I have a question for you. What's yes. been the most difficult age so far? The three or four. <laughs> the three-nagers? Yes, because it's like a two-year-old with one-year experience. <laughs> it's terrible (laughs) well I can tell you both Mm -hmm. wait till they become teenagers it's it's my relationship like if any adult treated me with the level of disdain that I receive from my child it's like that whatever it would be it would be over all my um, parent friends who have teenagers say it's absolutely normal. It'll be okay. I spoke today to a, a student of mine who's, I guess, in his early 20s. And he said, oh, I was horrible as a teenager. I was horrible to my mom. And I'm like, okay, so when did that stop? And he was like, I don't know, about a year ago. And he's like 24. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Devin, when we contacted you about this podcast, what did you think we were going to talk about? Like, Well, I, I thought maybe it was about how we juggle career and our identity as a mom, as a comic, as a person in society, how we interact with other moms, because I noticed that I'm really weird and awkward with other moms now who aren't comics, mm-hmm. you know, because they put me in a cage of like, you're not a good mom because you abandon your children to go do gigs. And I'm like, you wouldn't judge me if I was a nurse all night, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> So that is I think so it, true. And like so much pressure and judgment on 
who I am as a mother. And you know, it's true. You're, like I've, I've been at bars before where people are like, but who's looking after the kids? And yeah. you know, since I have a partner, I'm like, uh, you know, they do have another parent. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Who's, who's on Facebook, like I'm babysitting the kids. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that is one of my pet peeves in the world. If it's your own kid, it doesn't get called babysitting. You mm-hmm. cannot call it yes, babysitting. Exactly. I wanted to ask other moms, comic moms, how would you yeah. react if your kid became a comic? You know, I can, I can say like, you know, my kids are young enough where they're just sort of like developing skills, like talking and <laughs> things. And when I see them try to make a joke, I feel so proud. Or like the, the very little one, the two-year-old, like, you know, they're developing skills. Like when they find something funny, they'll look at other people to check that they find it funny before they right. laugh. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it gets me really excited. <laughs> oh, that's so cute when, when little kids tell you that joke that you've heard a million times and then they drop yes. the punchline halfway through, which is a good preparation for drunk dudes at an open mic. So it's all <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um I would love for my kid to be a comic. He he I think he's really funny. Um right. But of course, the minute I say something's funny, he like re- erases it from the hard drive that is brain. Like mom funny is like those are not compatible in, uh, in <laughs> his mind. What about you, Devine? I'm not sure yet. I mean, I would support them if that's mm-hmm. the path they wanted to take. Mm-hmm. But my first instinct would be like, make sure you get <laughs> the job first and then do comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's tricky because like, I wouldn't mind them doing it as a hobby like I do. But if they went all in, like I'd be worried for them. I would. Right. My my son's life plan is to be a, a YouTuber, and so I feel stand up comic is is one up from that. It's actually ten up. <laughs> <laughs> All of us have bicultural kids, right? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. for me, my kids are like kind of Indian, kind of American, and you know, Lalita, for you, it's Holland and America. Um, he doesn't identify as Dutch, you know, I mean, he is because I am, but we don't, I spoke Dutch to him for the first two years of his life. And then we moved to the United States, so further away from my family in Europe. And it just seemed pointless. So I don't really know what his Dutchness consists of, to be honest, but it's still meaningful to me. I don't know whether you feel that about your countries of quote unquote origin. It's hard when you're not immersed in the culture, you know, if I was in Montreal, I mean, like for me, it was easy to have all three cults. Like in my house, it was Cambodia. And the minute I stepped out, it was Canada. And then it was bilingual. So those are a mix of all three languages. And when I moved here to DC, I don't know how my kids can really connect with Cambodia. I mean, I show them some pieces of historical things, you know, like movies and documentaries. And it's always so sad. You know, It's always like, oh, we're refugees. Okay, everybody died. Um, and... <laughs> Well, that's one way. Yeah, but that's but then that's what my kids said. They said, "Mom, can we show the world how Cambodian we are moving forward with arts mm-hmm. and all, and not only th- through our past and our history and all the tragic genocide and everything." Mm. And so that's what with other Cambodian artists we were trying to work on. But but right now, I feel like they culturally they, they they're completely American, and with food and music and some movies and all, they're very Canadian also more than Cambodian. Oh, there's poutine, pâté chinois, there's raclette and cassoulet and, um, you know, like, like fricassé de porc. There's a lot of dishes from Quebec, like signature, there mm. other, beyond poutine. <laughs> Smith, that you and I are so basic. I went straight to poutine as well. This oh, is God. terribly embarrassing. Well, no, I'm, I'm impressed you even know about poutine, you know. And, uh, well, that list you said sounds delicious. <laughs> I don't know any of it, but I want to. It's its own culture on its own. I feel like 
when you're in an environment where all their friends speak English, it's yeah. cool, people are speaking English, TV's in English, and then suddenly, I mean, like, I know of parents who have that stamina to like speak another language, but like, I don't. Like, it's just so much easier to explain things and be like, pick up your shoes, you know, go get the Play-Doh or, or whatever. Like, I don't know the Tamil word for Play-Doh. What? <laughs> I'm going to venture that it's Play-Doh. It's Play-Doh in Dutch. So. <laughs> word for 2020 i feel it's gaslighting yes <laughs> is it Wait. over is it over yet that's really what i that's my my phrase for 2020 I, i'm so done with this year do you guys think 2020 is a lost year i think 2020 means you get clear vision of how awful the world is <laughs> um it's not a bad point um Devin, because it's a lost but I think it has offered lots of new possibilities. Um, yeah. It's clearly not a year of gain for people who have had very severe losses. But I mean, we definitely look at the world differently. And I think that may be generative in the long term. Well, maybe it will help us slow down to just appreciate what things we took for granted, you know, like, like buffets. Buffets. Oh, my goodness. I just want to go to a buffet. So yeah. bad. it'll never they're gone smitted it's gone it's like i yeah. hope they come back because that's when i can sit down and my kid just get up and get their own plates heaven yes it'll be a while it'll be it'll be a while 2020 for me i think you really did make a strong point Devine. like i had all these expectations and assumptions that if a problem like this comes up the world would be able to handle it and it's you're just like, oh, wait, the grown-ups don't know what's happening either. That's the truth is as adults, we're all faking it. We're all pretend that we know how to adult. But now this is showing a true colors. <laughs> yeah, it's been really exhausting being stuck at home and isolating. And I really judge the people who are going out and having fun. I'm so mad at them. You mean in an unsafe way? You know what? It's so difficult to say what is safe and what's not safe. I've been very, very conservative. So I haven't eaten restaurant food since March. Oh wow. my God, that's impressive. <laughs> that's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, and I know that I'm extra conservative, but you know, that's just who I am. Well, okay, but within the scope of you being a little conservative, people partying without masks, I think we can all agree it's just not a great idea yeah. right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I've just been walking around my neighborhood listening to podcasts. I just started listening to the Michelle Obama podcast. Mm, and I've just nice. been like, she is a person who has it together and still manages to keep it very real. This is my life goal. I just want to be Michelle Obama. I mean, yes. th the next version of her. So I, I just... I just want to be with Michelle Obama. So, you know, there might be... <laughs> 
some synergy. No, you can hang out with me. That's a close second. Yeah, well, wonderful. <laughs> See, we're doing good. <laughs> I want to take more walks outside, but even a little bit of wind makes me paranoid nowadays. Yeah. Mm. Have you guys done the thing where you like walk by a person and hold your breath? Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I walked by this guy and he was smoking and yes. I held my breath. And then like 20 feet away, I finally, you know, took a breath and I could smell the smoke. And I was like, if I can smell the smoke, I can probably get whatever germs he mm. had. So, so then I walked around in a panic for like the next yeah. half an hour. It's more just the exhaustion of having to be so intentional about everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've been spending a lot on eye makeup because of the mask that so you want to smize <laughs> and yes. look cuter and that 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 adds up. You know? Yeah, this is the year of the smize. If there ever was a year, <laughs> if, if ever there was a year to get those like eyelash extension things. Oh, I got mine. I got like magnetic eyelashes. Are they good? I mean, they so They're hard um, to install. And they make it look so easy on the video. So you're saying no, Devine? Um, No, I mean, what, what, they're, they're easy to remove, but they're really hard to put on. But but once you do put them on, then you take tons of selfies just to bank on it because it might never happen again. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you were talking about Instagram ads. You know what? They keep on sending me Japanese knives. Do you chop a lot of things? I cook a lot. Mm. There you go. That's why. I don't get any Japanese knives. Instagram things, I'm a terrible cook, clearly. I, I've never had a <laughs> knife ad. Do you I just get, get like ads for DoorDash? <laughs> That's... I've been getting a lot of real estate ads because I, I am like, you know recreationally looking at properties and I'm like oh what if I lived in this house and now they just keep sending me more and more gorgeous like real estate agencies and I'm just like oh one day I'm gonna live in a house like a big girl um, (laughs) not quite yet so have you guys been working on any like COVID related material like it's been so tough working on material with not being able to go to open mics and stuff I've done many zoom shows I mean at least the writing. I try to write as much as I can. Like I, I'm not going to spend time in a day. You know, I don't believe in that. But I still, I need my my writing. <laughs> what yeah. about you, Lalita? Like the Veen, I have a thought. I have a little book. It's hard not to write jokes about COVID. And to be honest, I find it weird when I go to shows or open mics or whatever, and people are just talking about Tinder a lot. And it's like you're not on yeah. Tinder. I mean, there's just no way you're on Tinder. So you need to. It's been five months. You know, update your material now. Too much Tinder. It's not funny anymore. Move on. Also, mm-hmm. too much, too many jokes about not wearing pants, though. Way too many jokes about not wearing pants. And also the COVID nineteen. You know, you're nineteen pounds and everything. We've heard it. You know, ha ha. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole website where you can look up like the hundred most made jokes. Um, oh, I guess because it's top hundred jokes is basically top hundred most annoying experiences. I think that's yeah, but- why da- dating apps are so popular because it's, I'm sure when you're active on a dating app, it's like just endless material. And I have to say, I was at a, a mic last night where somebody actually showed screenshots because that's one of the many great things you can do on Zoom. See, that's the thing about the last year. If you're just right. upset that you don't perform in front of a live audience then it's lost but if you think okay well here we are i'm right on the camera i have a computer i can do other things with it so i actually quite like it when people put in pictures and i see more and more of that so this person was showing screenshots of um, their grinder conversations and it was (laughs) absolutely hilarious and it was properly done you know anonymized and everything Mm -hmm. and it was Mm -hmm. just a phenomenal set so yeah I enjoyed that very much be creative with what we have 
I, I like I like Zoom shows for that. I mean, it's not the same as live shows, but at least I can wear stilettos for fun and not hurt my feet. You know, <laughs> I, I have my closet right there. I can wear every outfit without sweating while driving, or you can just change clothes during the whole show five times if you want. You know, so yeah. I love that. You were talking about hat jokes. I was hearing, did you guys hear a lot about um, CVS receipt jokes? Because everybody always make jokes about how long it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like they're not wearing pants as the new CVS receipt, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, the first time I heard a CVS receipt joke, I thought it was really funny because I hadn't thought about oh. how long they are and I also don't go to CVS that often. So then when I went to CVS, I laughed in CVS when they handed me the receipt right. because the joke kind of landed at that point, like three weeks later. So <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the, the person that hasn't heard the COVID-19 joke before, um, right. We'll think it's hilarious because it's not that it's a bad joke. I think it's a funny joke. Freshman oh, no, fifteen, COVID nineteen. I just I've heard it too many times, and I don't think people borrow it from each other. It's just you know self-generated. We have the same experience, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's why it's probably quite useful to you know, like we should have a database of jokes so we can check how many times has this been done. You know, maybe it's time to not do it. Oh, is, it like, is it like that mortifying moment at a party when you go and someone else is wearing the same outfit? Because I remember I joined a comedy contest and I made a joke about Uber and like two other comics in the contest made jokes about Uber. And I was like, oh, why is everyone making jokes about Uber? And I was like, I, I didn't think, I thought it was like super original and hilarious. And then I was like, I'm a hack. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Devine, have you found it easy to like socialize with people? I mean, I'm pretty old school with the phone still. So I've always kept in touch with most of my friends on the phone. So I just keep on calling them. I'm kind of okay not socializing for a little while. I thought I was more social than that, honestly. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I, like, I, I th it's been a good break in that sense, right? Like you don't have to see society. One of the things I'm grateful for in 2020 is that I don't have to meet new people, you know? Yes, yes. And no speeding tickets, no parking tickets anymore. Who needs the outside world? I mean, that's a little bit scary though, right? Because we're getting so used to just, I mean, it's almost the ultimate dystopian fantasy is what we're living. But I'm really rethinking its meaning because I don't think, you and me, Smitha, we have this fantastic relationship. We've met in real life like twice. And, yeah. you know, we spend so much time on Zoom and on the phone and talking about this podcast and, and mm -hmm. other stuff. I don't feel that's in any way lesser than... Exactly. And the headache for especially parents, uh, but anyone getting together, you know, in a place where there's a lot of traffic and we all live in those places, really questioning the way that the world has privileged the face-to-face -face over the digital and whether this COVID moment will make us rethink that. Growing up, my parents were so strict. They were like Cambodian Amish. <laughs> wow. And so they, they wanted to make sure that, you know, they sent me to an all-girl Catholic school. I couldn't date. They were extremely conservative. Mm -hmm. And because of that, all my relationships were over the phone. So it's like somehow they trained me for this pandemic. <laughs> wow. Thanks, so, mom and dad. I know. I know. But uh, yeah, I'm okay with not like waiting for hours in a bar for my turn at an open mic and instead exactly. just being at home. Mm -hmm. Especially being parents. Some friends I would just see once a year anyways. But how many times did you say, we're going to see each other and make plans and it just fall through, right? Yeah, yeah. And then 100%. you plan it three months in advance and then your kid has a fever and you're like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now we're actually talking more often. It's true. Like, I think this has given people an excuse to make time where they didn't used to make time before. 
Thank you so much for joining us today, Devin. It was really wonderful hearing from you. Thank you for having me. That was great. Um, it was a blast. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, I wish everyone all the best for the rest of their hey, lives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so if you want to follow us on social media, here's where you can find us. Devine, where can we find you? I have a website called DevineComedy.com on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Devine DC and Devine Kerr on, on Facebook. Perfect. How about you, Lalita? Where can we find you? I am at Lalita D Comedy, Lalita D-E-E Comedy uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Lalita D on Facebook. And you can find me, Smitha, at Almost Favorite on Twitter.